and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. So for me, summer is often a push and pull of wanting to spend as much time as possible outside, enjoying the nice weather and working in my garden, but also wanting to get a little time in my sewing room too. So on today's show, we're talking about a fun solution that will let you do both. We'll also be chatting about how to make a handwork sewing kit, simple ways to corral the mess in your workspace, and a fun project a member of our staff is working on. And just a quick reminder, most of our staff is still working from home, so a lot of this podcast was recorded over the phone, so the audio quality isn't perfect. But thanks for understanding. Now, let's dive in. Summer is usually a time of travel, heading to outdoor sports events, and attending backyard barbecues. And if you're a quilter, it also may be a time to bring handwork projects with you. I'm here with Allison Gam, the designer of Quilts and More magazine, to chat about how to embrace sewing on the go, even during a pandemic. Sewing on the go looks a bit different these days, but even finding your way to your backyard or porch can be a nice change of scenery. When you feel the itch to move around, it's nice to have some handwork all packed up and ready to go. Lindsay and I are going to share some tips and essentials when it comes to taking your projects on the go, no matter whether you're taking a long road trip or just a few steps out your front door. So at the beginning of this year, I had several vacations planned where I knew I would be bringing handwork along. I often save tasks like hand binding my quilts or hand piecing projects for the summertime when I know I'll have lots of extra time on vacation to do these machine-free tasks. But like many of you, (laughs) my travel plans had to be canceled. Um, But I haven't let this stop me from working on handwork, though. So I spend a lot of time this spring on some outdoor improvement projects, and now my backyard has been a nice little vacation spot from being indoors. (laughs) So it's been great to just sit outside, enjoy the change of scenery, and do some hand piecing. Definitely. So even if you don't have outdoor space to escape to, even something as simple as moving to a different room can make a huge difference. I personally get tired of being in my sewing room, which is also now my office. So most evenings, I'll just grab my latest handwork project and head downstairs. All of my handwork essentials are packed up in portable organizers, so I can easily grab them and go without searching for notions or supplies. I love that idea, especially if you're suddenly feeling the urge to go to a different space in your home or yard. You don't want to spend a lot of time digging around in your sewing room for all of the parts and pieces to your project. So like Allison does, it's really beneficial to gather all your supplies ahead of time so you're always ready to go. So here are some of our favorite ways to store those on-the-go projects. First things first, think about the type of projects you'll be working on and find which storage solution works best for that project. I keep all of my English paper piecing supplies in a small plastic bin that has dividers. 
The hard container prevents my papers and fabrics from being bent or crumpled if I throw the whole thing into another bag. So if you're working on embroidery or hand stitching, you likely won't need a rigid container since all of the materials you're working with are soft and can't really get crumpled. Yeah, the thing I like about hard containers sometimes is that they're waterproof. So like, I like to bring drinks with me when I'm working outside and the condensation, it's just sometimes nice to have that hard case just in case yes, water that's a, gets, gets that's a bonus perk <laughs> yeah. uh, so I am a huge fan of repurposing simple items around my home to store tools for handwork and I love to just be able to throw things in my purse or like a bag when I'm on the go so I can easily find things and I don't have like random sharp tools hiding in my bag when I stick my hand in <laughs> so here are a few ideas you can use a small mason jar or a jam jar to hold supplies for English paper piecing, like a small snips, thread, paper, and fabrics. You could use like a hard case eyeglass holder for embroidery tools like marking tools, floss, snips, and needles. And you could even use a four by six photo album. The plastic pages can hold cut pieces for hand or wool applique. So I bet if you look around your space, you have other items that can do double duty to hold your supplies. Another great tip for holding tools tight, especially if you're just taking things outside to sew, is using a magnetic tray from a hardware store. This is usually used to hold nails and screws as you're working on home projects, but it's also great for holding pins, scissors, needles, and wonder clips tight while you're outdoors. That's such a great idea. That way, if it's like windy or if you jostle the tray around a little bit, you won't lose those important tools. So now that we've talked about storage items, let's dive a little deeper into types of projects that are perfect for doing while you travel or just enjoy some time outdoors. If you're looking for a handwork project to take on a longer vacation or road trip, there are lots of possibilities. We've mentioned quite a few already. English paper piecing and embroidery are popular choices, but you can also work on hand applique, hand quilting, traditional hand piecing, attaching binding to a quilt, and cross stitch. You can even take some foundation piecing with you if you're at the stage where you need to remove all those papers from your project. Lindsay, what type of projects do you like to take with you? So I love to do hand binding on my quilts when I travel for a few reasons. So one, I just find it really relaxing and it's a great way to pass the time when I'm in the passenger seat. Um, but two, by the time I reach my destination, I have a finished quilt. So if I'm in a beautiful location, it allows me to take some fun photos of the project and it gives me like a little piece of home at the hotel um, but I also have an active hand piecing project I've been working on for the last four months. So I'll continue to work on that all summer. What about you, Allison? So earlier I mentioned that I have an EPP project that I like to take with me, but I also really like to work on hand binding. When stitching binding on by hand, you only need a needle, thread, and some binding clips. So it doesn't really make sense to keep those things packed away together since you'll likely use them sparingly. However, I do recommend having these notions easily accessible and ready to be thrown in a small pouch that you can take with you. So for example, I keep all of my binding clips in a lidded container so that way I can grab them rather than hunting down a separate container to store them in while I travel. I love that. So we're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, Allison and I are talking about what types of tools travel well and how to pack an on-the-go sewing kit. 
Welcome back. Allison and I are doing Ask Us Anything Now, where we answer your most pressing reader questions. Since summer began, we've been getting some questions about packing a basic on-the-go sewing kit and what to include. So Allison, what do you recommend? You know your sewing habits best and which tools you use the most, but these basics will help get you started if you don't already have a sewing kit assembled. We recommend packing the following. Scissors and shears, needles, pins and a pincushion, threads, a seam ripper, and marking tools. If you're working on more intensive projects or will be doing more than just lap work, consider bringing a travel iron, small pressing and cutting mats, a rotary cutter, and acrylic rulers. Be sure to pack extra machine needles if you're taking your sewing machine along with you. Those are great basics to include in a sewing kit. And just remember that you can always add or subtract things based on tools and projects you work on most. So for example, if you plan to work on an EPP project, you may want to add in your favorite needles, threads, or fabric glue before throwing the sewing kit in your suitcase. Um, and if you can, consider buying multiples of some notions. So for example, have a pair of snips for your sewing room and a separate pair for your on-the-go kit. This will just be easier than trying to remember whether you left certain notions in your sewing room or tucked away in your travel bag. Most sewing supplies and notions are small and don't take up much room. So if you have the space and you're waffling between bringing something and leaving it home, go ahead and pack it. We've all been in situations where we thought about bringing something with us and decided not to, and then we regretted it later. So if you're traveling to a different part of your home or going on a road trip, you can pack whatever you want and need. But if you plan on flying, be sure to check TSA guidelines for what you can and can't bring with you. We don't want any of your sewing supplies to get confiscated at the airport. Do keep in mind that it's up to each TSA officer to make the final decision on what is and isn't acceptable to fly with. So true. I am terrified to bring any of my favorite or like expensive tools on an airplane in case they get taken away. Um, I'm a person who loves to travel light, so I only will bring the bare minimum for myself. So for instance, <laughs> like I said, I do a lot of hand binding while traveling, um, but I won't even bother bringing like wonder clips. I just like to keep it simple and then I can avoid losing any small tools in the car. Um, so it's kind of all up to your packing style and what necessities you think you need. Um, so I usually start with my basic on-the-go sewing bag, and then I remove anything I absolutely don't need. And for me personally, less is better. If you have extra time on your hands these days and don't have a sewing kit prepared, why not go ahead and start one? And if you already have a kit, consider taking time to weed out those loose threads and dull needles. As soon as you're able to travel freely, you can grab your newly assembled kit and head out the door. Thanks, Allison. So we're so excited to share all these tips about on-the-go sewing because this week's Sweet Quilty Home Challenge is to create a handwork sewing kit. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, our Sweet Quilty Home Challenge is something we're hosting on the podcast and social media, and this challenge lasts for 10 weeks this summer started July 6th and it goes until September 13th. So this program focuses on creating your best home, a beautiful place to relax and be creative. So each week we'll issue a challenge, one small step you can take throughout the week to brighten your home and set your space up for sewing success. 
If you participate, you can use the hashtag SweetQuiltyHome on Instagram. And you can also visit our show notes for a link to the Sweet Quilty homepage on our website. Um, Allison and I and a few other members on staff did a video sharing our on-the-go sewing kits and some storage tips. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, so keep listening in. We'll keep going uh, with these challenge and the 10 weeks of the podcast. We'll coordinate with the week's challenge. Now I'm here with Elizabeth Stumbo, the art director of American Patchwork and Quilting for Get Organized, a segment where we give storage tips for your sewing space. Many times when we talk about organization on the show, we're referencing storage products or systems that can get rid of the mess. But today we want to talk about an easy solution that's really meant to basically just corral your mess. That's exactly. That's exactly right, Lindsay. So we know it's unrealistic to think that you can sew without having some sort of mess. And sewing tools aren't the easiest things to store. Their weird shapes and difference in sizes really can make it hard to find a one-size-fits-all solution. So we want to introduce you to something we call a catch-all. So the odds are high that you already have a catch-all somewhere, somewhere in your home. So it may be a junk drawer in your kitchen or like the basket that holds mail and keys in your entryway. So they're the perfect situation to corral the mess in a certain area. So Elizabeth and I are going to share the catch-alls we have in our sewing spaces and then share a few other examples so that you can consider adding something like this to your workspace. So Elizabeth, tell us about your catch-all. All right, so I have a small table in my home sewing room that I like to keep as clutter-free as possible. So to help with this, I installed a wall organizer right next to my sewing table to hold all of my favorite tools within easy reach. A few, a few years ago at a vintage fair, I purchased these metal springs from a baby crib. I spray painted the frame a matte black to match my decor, and then I hung it vertically on my wall. The wire grid of these springs is perfect to hang sewing notions on. I use simple S-hooks to hang frequently used acrylic rulers, scissors, and my rotary cutters from. And then I also like to display in-progress blocks and patterns I'm currently working on, and I just secure them to the wire grid with clips. Um, sometimes I even just use clothespins. And since the frame is magnetic, is metal, it's also magnetic, so I can add artwork, inspiration, and even my shopping list around the edges of the frame. It's not only functional, but it also serves as a unique focal point in my room. And the best part about this wall organizer is that it's so versatile. There are endless ways for me to rearrange my supplies, and I can easily swap out my tools for each new project I'm working on. So if you're interested in a wall organization system like this, but you can't find any vintage crib springs or something that looks like that, you could also achieve something very similar using a simple pegboard. So Lindsay, what is your favorite sewing room catch-all? Well, so yours is way fancier than mine. It's been like very creative. Mine is basic and required no work from me. <laughs> um, but of course, Elizabeth's space is super beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, so I just have a like a basic serving tray um, that has like higher sides, maybe about two inches high so that nothing falls out. So within the serving tray, I have separators too that I use to corral like tools. So for example, I have a small fabric bin that holds my extra needles, um, rotary cutter blades, my hand sewing needles. And then I have some silicone holders that uh, help my scissors, seam rippers, 
uh, fabric glue and other skinny tools stand straight up. And then I have a magnetic pin cushion for my pins. And then I have my starches and fusibles stand tall in the back of the tray. And the tray just sits in the corner of my sewing table. So it's really easy to just move the entire tray if I need the extra room. But otherwise, I just throw my tools in the tray when I'm done with them and always know where to find things. Um, but I don't have to spend a lot of time putting things in the exact right spot. That's awesome. So another common and easy ways to add a catch-all to your space is with mason jars or other cute little glass containers or tins. I know I use vintage mason jars a lot in my sewing room. Um, you can also use basic desk accessories like a spinning desktop organizer, pen cups, or file folders. And all of these just make great catch-alls. Great ideas. So we bet as you start looking around your home, you can easily find some cute catch-alls for your workspace. We have to take a quick ad break, but when we get back, Elizabeth will be sharing a project that she's working on now. And we're back. Now Elizabeth will share a fun project that she's working on. So tell us about it. So I'm currently working on a quilt from the summer 2019 issue of Quilts and More magazine called Flight Pattern. The original project was 88 inches square, and we actually photographed it on the side of a barn. So as you can imagine, it was quite large. And I instantly fell in love with the pattern and the modern colorway of this quilt. It was made with solid white, aqua, navy, orange, and pink fabrics. And I found similar prints and colors in my own fabric stash, but I realized I didn't have enough to make the quilt full size. Well, thankfully, in the magazine, they took one of the blocks from the original quilt and made it smaller, to and then they created a pieced tote bag from it to create an optional project. So since the math was already done for me for one of the blocks, I decided it would be a fun challenge to make my version mini. My finished project will be a small wall hanging or maybe a baby quilt for a friend, um, and it'll probably finish about 36 inches square, so more than 50% smaller than the original. Wow. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the challenge of working with smaller pieces, and I'm happy to report, Lindsay, that I'm getting very good at piecing tiny half-square triangles. I was going to say, like, how small are your pieces? Um, most of the blocks are about two inches cut. So, yeah, you can kind of think from there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of half-square tri triangles, but um, I'm really enjoying the challenge Are of it. you making your triangle squares oversized and then trimming them down? Or are you making them the exact? I'm making them the exact same You're way. You're crazy. <laughs> so I'm just being really precise with my pinning and doing a lot of chain piecing. Way to go. Yeah. Um, so that pattern is by Stephanie Lurier. Um, so we just wanted to give her a shout out. It's a really beautiful pattern. So um, fun to hear. And uh, we, we did just post a picture of some of your blocks on Instagram if you yeah. guys have followed us. So um, you may have seen them there. But otherwise, you'll have to, when you're done, I'd love yeah, to see I, what you do with it. I have um, was waiting on some background fabric for it. But now that that has arrived, I can start uh, cutting everything out and putting all the blocks together. I have everything organized in individual baggies and uh, I'm just ready to go. Start putting all those blocks together. I think it's going to be a nine block quilt when I'm finished. That's awesome. You're, you're so organized and I'm sure like the background is just solid white, yep, right? But totally ran out of that. <laughs> so it was easy to find, but good. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth. Yep. Next is Reader Tips, a segment where we share your best advice to common quilting struggles. Since we chatted earlier about some simple solutions to keep your workspace clean, 
I wanted to highlight a few other creative ideas our readers had. I'm always blown away by the amazing solutions our readers think of. Okay, so this first tip is from Norma Curtis from Kleinberg, Ontario. She says, Because my sewing room is also our guest room, I sometimes need to put my sewing supplies away. To store my cutting mats where they won't get bent, I clip them to pants hangers and stash them in the closet. The hanger clips are strong enough to hold two mats each. That is such a great idea. That would be a great idea for um, an everyday solution if you have more than one cutting mat that you have. Just hang it in the closet, get it out of the way. Donna Corey from Birmingham, Iowa says, At a hardware store, I purchased a screwdriver holder that fits a pegboard. It holds all my scissors, keeping them off my workspace, yet handy. There are so many great pegboard solutions out there. You can buy like a million different accessories like at the hardware store just for your pegboard. So we are sure that you can find some great solutions. Bonnie Schwen from Avon, New York says, After ironing large fabric pieces for a project, I drape the ironed fabric on a clothes drying rack. This prevents the fabrics from creasing before I can get my pieces cut. This is another great solution. I know I personally, sometimes when I don't get to a project right away and I have to iron a bunch of fabric, it will just lay on my ironing board and my workspace, taking up room until I'm ready to deal with it. Elizabeth McRae of Shrewsbury, Massachusetts says, Before I sit down to sew, I roll an 8-inch long piece of clear packing tape back on itself with the sticky side out. I stick the tape roll to my machine or table and drop snipped threads onto it. Before I throw out the tape, I use it to dab around my workspace to pick up any stray threads. This is a fantastic idea to just keep your sewing machine area clean and free of threads and dust. Betsy Schneekloth of Watchung, New Jersey says, I changed the feet on my sewing machine often and was always rummaging through the drawer looking for the screwdriver. Now I have it secured to the side of my machine with a Velcro dot so it's always handy. This is a great idea if you use snips often or seam rippers, just a little Velcro dot right on the side of your machine and you're ready to go, always having it handy. So we always love hearing your tips. So if you have one you want to share, email us at apqtips at meredith.com and we may feature your tip on an upcoming podcast or magazine. Before we leave today, I wanted to share a fun opportunity for all of our podcast listeners. At the end of August, we're doing a podcast show about how quilting brings us joy. And we'd love to hear a story about how quilting brings joy to your life so that we can share it on the show. If you'd like to share, please call and leave us a voicemail at 515-257-6870. You can also email us your story or a voice memo at apqpodcast at meredith.com. all and thanks for listening keep in touch american patchwork and quilting is on facebook pinterest and instagram at all people quilt 
email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thank you.